It's Friday. You know what that means. Welcome one, welcome more, welcome all to another brand new edition of Random Thoughts and Investors Regards. I'm your host, Teal Double D, and I'm glad that you could join us for this week's episode, and I'm glad to be back. Took a little week off to recharge the batteries and uh, kind of enjoy a little bit of the springtime weather, enjoy the Easter holiday with family and friends and loved ones. But now we are back and we are ready to roll. And as a result, do we have a busy show for you this week? My goodness, busy episode ahead for you guys today. Good to be back. Good to be back. Um, Not going to lie. I'm trying to can this show pretty early this week um, because on Tuesday I get my uh, second vaccination shot. So just in case I wasn't feeling too well the latter half of the week, I wanted to make sure that we had the show good to go and ready to go uh, for you today. So um, that's why we're canning it a little early. So if there are some things that are time sensitive that we miss out on this week or whatever, we'll be sure to touch on them next week. But man, like I said, took a week off, man. And we are right back with a super, super busy show this week. Uh, coming on later on in the show, uh, Terrence is going to be here. We are going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, I told you it was going to happen. Um, so now that a lot of people have seen it and we're out of the opening weekend and everything else, I don't mind talking about it with you, the listeners. So Terrence is going to join us and we are going to uh, have some fun when it comes to Godzilla versus Kong. Also joining us on this week's episode, Maddie Matt is back and he is going to talk to us about the start of the baseball season, the Major League Baseball season underway. Uh, Maddie Matt is going to drop by. He's going to talk to us uh, a little bit about the 2021 season. Uh, he was at the Houston Astros home opener, so he will also talk about what it was like to kind of be back in that environment as a fan, what it was like to be in the stadium, um, the talk a little bit of uh the 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 new kind of world that we're in as fans and he'll he'll go over uh, what it was like in the concourse area and things of that nature at minute Maid park Uh, so that'll be a fun talk with maddie matt as always uh he's gonna tell some stories you're gonna laugh i guarantee it especially when he gets to talking about some of our uh days working together down here in florida and some trips out to uh pleasure island uh maddie matt coming up later on in the show you won't want to miss that for sure um two big losses last week um prince philip over in the uk passing away at the age of 99 uh then here in the states um famous rapper dmx passing away at the age of 50 uh we will talk about both of those men respectively uh their lives and careers so to speak coming up later on in the show as well like i said just a busy show this is what happens when you take a week off right todd busy show coming at you um earlier today before we dig it we're gonna we're gonna jump into the show pretty quickly here today because again it's it's a big show a lot of stuff to talk about so i want to get to it um but just it is this show is random thoughts and best regards so this is completely one of my random thoughts here uh earlier today i I was kind of doing some stuff around the house and i was i was getting um i actually think i was getting ready to iron uh some clothes for the week and um i had gilligan's island on in the background the tv show gilligan's island and the particular episode um they had found some uh, a, a crate that washed ashore they opened the crate it had some seeds in it they planted the seeds grew a garden 
turns out these seeds fell off a boat or something whatever they were radioactive so now uh, everything that they ate was radioactive and, and now gilligan and marianne and ginger and the skipper they all have these special powers so the professor figures out a way to counteract the radioactivity and the kind of the superpowers that they have and it comes from something that's in the soap that they make so now they have to eat the soap and if they ingest enough soap this counteracts all the superpowers that they have and makes them mere mortals again the whole point of why i'm telling you this story is because it again brings you back to the whole point of gilligan's island that <laughs> if they could figure out how to do that right like the professor literally figured out how to stop superhuman atomic powers with bars of soap and yet they couldn't devise something to escape the island on right right i mean i know todd just enjoy it for what it was right enjoy it for, for what it is and what it was um but that one really made me chuckle today uh and as it is a random thought that was just in my head right now so i just got it out to you guys um but again like i said we've got a great show coming up today i really don't want to waste any time i want to get into it uh coming up out of the break uh, i'm going to talk to you uh, a little bit about a story about millie bobby brown and how uh she feels as she is growing into a young woman and how people perceive her uh and then that later will tie into terrence who will be up uh later on in the show as well to talk about godzilla versus kong as i said millie bobby brown obviously a star in the godzilla franchise so we we'll talk a little bit about her coming out of the break uh, and then later on in the show terrence will be on to talk about kong versus godzilla and make sure you stick around for the whole show today because again as i said later on maddie matt coming up those are good times as always a loaded show coming at you stick and stay don't go anywhere random thoughts and best regards back in just a short short so coming up in a bit here on random thoughts and best regards terrence is going to be joining us and we're going to talk about godzilla versus kong which i absolutely loved and, and had a great time with and uh, we talked a little bit about it on the previous episode but i didn't want to spoil anything i knew a lot of people were still out there going to watch it on the opening weekend so didn't want to ruin it didn't want to deep dive into it so we just kind of had the surface chat about it on uh the last episode but uh, terrence is going to join us here in just a bit and we're going to dig deep uh into godzilla versus kong and i'm excited about it because i know he enjoyed it just as much as i did um but speaking of kong versus godzilla i came across this interesting article um that was dealing with one of the stars of that franchise and and that's millie bobby brown uh, and this was interesting to me because not only just I'm interested in the Godzilla franchise, but um, having just recently watched uh, the Kid 90 documentary by Soleil Moon Fry and, and having you know talked about it on the show and, and even gotten some love from Soleil herself for doing that. One of the things that Soleil echoes in that documentary is that when you are a young uh, child actor, people are not ready for you to grow up and people do not see you in that transitioning period they don't they don't see you as you become uh an adolescent a teen a young woman and that's something that millie bobby brown is struggling with right now uh when she was cast for the role of 11 or jane ives in the netflix hit series stranger things she was 10 years old well as millie says now uh she's 17 years old and at the end of the day, she's learning to be a woman 
and she's learning to be a young woman and that means she's going to dress a certain way she's going to do certain things she's going to try to go after certain roles uh and people still view her as that young girl and that was a big struggle that soleil had coming out of punky brewster so i found these kind of parallels very interesting um you know uh millie completely understands that people have followed her for so long that they're invested in her growth and her journey um but she also understands that they're not ready to accept the fact that she's growing up and, and that's what's going on um she's quoted as saying so i wear a crop top and people are like she's 10 i'm like no i'm 17 um that's a thing that girls do and that's the thing that girls my age do um or you know she'll wear high heels or she'll wear an outfit to an award show and they're like she looks 50. no it's because you've watched me since i was 10 that's why you think that so you know she she talks about the struggle of people criticizing her people judging her uh and she's just a kid trying to grow up and trying to find herself i mean think about it put yourself in that shoes you know take yourself out of the spotlight just think about yourself as you were growing up you tried different things you tried different styles you tried different looks right you tried to be uh as you especially in your teen years like especially the age that she's at now 17 that's where you try to be like that you know that you, you try different things you try different styles you try to maybe look a little bit older um you know so that's that's a little bit of her battle a little bit of her struggle now for millie bobby brown um and she also talks about how you know she's she's ready to take on different roles um she's ready to not be viewed as you know that little kid anymore uh and, and she's ready to kind of step up and and take that big step um she does talk about how she struggled with anxiety and she's learning to cope with it uh she says she meditates she journals a lot and she takes a lot of time for herself uh that's important i'm, I'm glad that she at this young age understands that and and is doing those things um so that that's all positive things to hear uh and i wish her nothing but the best of luck again i enjoy her very much in the godzilla franchise um she's had the smash hit of of stranger things and i'm sure her career is going to continue but you know she's she's at that age she's 17 and she's not a kid anymore uh you know she's not that 10 year old that was playing 11 she's she's now a, a young woman and she's in that transition phase of her life and she's she's gonna have to muddle kind of her way through that and and deal with it uh, all while also dealing with the spotlight of hollywood so again much like Soleiman fry talked about in the kid 90 documentary we wish millie bobby brown all the best of luck with that and uh, hopefully from what I understand, uh, rumor or not, uh, there is some buzz out there that she has been signed for another Godzilla movie. So let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that is true twofold because uh, we'll get to see her again. And hopefully that uh, that definitely means there is another Godzilla movie coming up. But don't go anywhere. Stick and stay right here on Random Thoughts and Best Regards. When we come back, Terrence is going to join us and we will talk about the aforementioned Godzilla versus Kong All right, I told you this was going to happen. I told you that we were going to finally talk about Kong versus Godzilla. Didn't want to do it on the last episode because I knew it was the uh, opening weekend and there were a lot of people who were still going to be out watching it. Didn't want to ruin it. Didn't want to give my opinion. Didn't want to taint anything. But uh, if we're going to talk about the epic monster movie, I didn't want to do it by myself. So right now, as I told you earlier in the show, please welcome in 
my good friend, our good friend, Terrence, my man. Welcome to the show. Man, salute, salute. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Salute, salute. The the fully vaccinated. Another yes. one now. <laughs> another one on the show. Another another member of the staff, so to speak. Fully vaccinated. Yes, sir. Terrence. Terrence to the show. So let me let's get right to it, buddy. We got finally got Godzilla versus Kong after a year delay pretty much uh, like a 10 month delay that drove Jonah nuts um, but we we, we we finally got the much anticipated the much hyped um, I was a little nervous going in because again I was a huge fan of King of the Monsters a huge fan in general of the Godzilla franchise just didn't know where they were going to go with it and as I said on last week's episode um, it was what I needed it to be and in a few minutes I'll unpack a lot of that and explain that but it was what I needed it to be so let me ask you after watching Godzilla vs. Kong what were your thoughts on it walking away it was it was epic um, the only thing I did not like about it I mean well as, as far as the scenario is going mm-hmm. this movie should be viewed in IMAX it was that <laughs> epic I mean, agreed. It was it was fine watching from home, you know, HBO Max. Agreed. But this, I mean, I I know it's in the theaters, but um, I, I mean, I just this movie felt like it should be in like a packed house, IMAX Friday night. It opens mm-hmm. up. It had like just all the great things of like a great summer movie, and it's only what like uh, it came out uh what last last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks now? ago. Yep. Yeah, two weeks ago now, mm-hmm. but. It feels like it should have been like a July release, like like a Ab- like a absolutely like a July Fourth release. Yeah, and and I, I I think if you know obviously if things didn't go the way it went uh, last year with the pandemic, it would have been I believe a May release. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, to your point, uh, definitely epic summer blockbuster written all over it, uh, especially by time. And not to jump around too much, uh, but you talk about IMAX. I, I was just talking about this the other day. I mean, by time by time we get to Hong Kong in the movie, uh, a, a, IMAX would have been absolutely thrilling, especially oh, yeah. with the way a lot of that was shot with the up views and the down views and everything else. Like um, there was so much of it that would have been uh, amazing um, and, and and encompassing. Um, that, during those fight scenes that would have been amazing um i overall like i said i overall really enjoyed it because i think they kept a very simple premise it, yes. it was it was literally it you know the, the title is kong versus godzilla and it literally is supposed to be monsters fighting mm-hmm. and that's what we got it was very similar to um the old toho versions in the sense that and i'm fine with this they didn't bog us down with a lot of story. They no. didn't bog us down with a lot of script. Mm-mm. They didn't care about us getting personally attached to characters. You know, in in the uh, 2014 Godzilla and then in King of the Monsters, there was a little bit of getting attached to characters involved yeah. with that. But it was still King of the Monsters was still. I mean, that's my favorite of the franchise. But you know, there too, that was just epic monsters, epic battles. You know, uh, it was the personalities: Ghidorah, Rodan, Mothra, Godzilla. It was still about the monsters, but there were some personalities. Um, in in the first one, I feel like they tried to give Legendary tried to give us some scripting. They tried to give us some story, um, and then you know, once Brian Cranston's character, which 
died off relatively quickly. And I think the only one that anybody was really interested in with to begin with, uh, it, it kind of went off the rails a little bit. But people kind of panned that. They didn't like that the 2014 Godzilla was storytelling until like the last 20 minutes. Then we got monsters fighting. They they just wanted monsters fighting. I love that with Kong versus Godzilla, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I still can't get it right, but um, <laughs> I love that they just went they went right to it. They didn't give us script. They didn't give us backstory. There were some times where I was like, you know what? It's it's okay. Like, I don't need to know um, certain things because I'm just here for the fights. I just I I want the fights. The right. only thing that I did say, the one major story that I felt they didn't tie in that I would have liked to see them tie in um, was with um, Alan Jonas character and the skull. And how Apex got the skull, Ghidorah's skull. Right. That was the one main one that I was like, all of a sudden, we just find out, oh, Apex has Ghidorah's skull. Well, what happened to Alan Jonah, and how did they, how did Apex get the skull? Right. There, I felt they could have given us some storytelling, but it really didn't even weigh in that much uh, to me. With that, I was like, I, you know, what? I can let it go. Um, what did you think this has been a, a very common one that i heard um uh, but i'm just curious well they they them them dogs are barking yeah. it's a shout out to dmx yeah, <laughs> shout out to dmx right now yeah of course my kid let him out just now sorry um but yeah yeah go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> x gonna give it to you yeah. <laughs> um but um what did you feel of the the fight scene the first fight scene with the battleships and was there were you fine with that was there anything that that bothered you about that this is my curiosity now peeking um what, what did you think about the ocean battle fight scene between godzilla and kong uh it was uh it was a good uh i want to say lead in it's it's kind of like the, you know when you got these uh epic fighters you kind of got mm-hmm. that that first that first bout um yeah and then uh, there was that one point uh, where they were getting ready to uh, transport him on the ship. And she was like, you know, uh, oh, I forgot her name, but she was like, you know, King bows to no one. So I'm like, oh, he's mm-hmm. about to give, you know, Godzilla this work. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he, he's on the ship. Oh, he's he's going to bow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like I told you months ago, he's going to bow. Gonna bow yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he's on the ship. And then, of course, you know, Godzilla comes up and like he just sent like like the build up like legendary legendary did a great job of just building up the moment. And then uh, when he comes up and he's on the ship, uh, when Godzilla comes up to the ship, uh, Kong is still, of course, uh, shackled. And, you know, they're like, hey, you got to release him. You know, I mean, Godzilla's coming for us. Um, (laughs) So that that part I enjoyed. And I. But here's the thing I didn't like leading up to that. It was just before, like, uh, I was the one before it. The movie before, you know, uh, Godzilla was the, the hero in a sense. Skull, Skull Island? You're talking about the Godzilla 2014 yeah. or Skull Island? Yeah, the, the Godzilla oh, 2014. The 20... But then, you know, mm-hmm. they had the, the paper uh, where, like, you know, Godzilla's not the, the hero, not the savior anymore. Yeah. Now, now he's, like, a threat. Yeah. So... I was like, uh, it's kind of like uh, they, they they turned on him, but um, but uh, all that said, um, I, I got sidetracked. Sorry, but the that build up right there where there's on the ship, I was like, when I seen that, I was like, oh, this this is like 
the final battle is gonna be epic. So it's just like it's like yeah. it's almost like Tyson Holyfield round the, the first one looks like oh this is gonna be yep it's gonna be build up you know uh, minus the ear biting but <laughs> <laughs> it it definitely I, I I will say it was it was probably the most anticipated fight of of our lifetime since Tyson Holyfield I will give you that I remember sitting there and and saying that uh, this is probably the biggest versus uh, since since Tyson versus Holyfield um so I like the. I like the battle scene for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, the, the, the theme of, uh, naval ships and aircraft carriers, uh, have been consistent with this relaunch of Godzilla with legendary. I mean, so from, from 2014 to King of the monsters to Kong, they played, there was always a scene that involved, you know, naval ships, uh, aircraft destroyers. Um, so, which of course, you know, Jonah eats up. He loves that. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, Again, a little things. The scaling seemed way off to me on it, mm-hmm. but it still worked in that like in that moment it still worked. Like when I, I, I the one knock that I have is is when you uh, on the Kong ship, the Kong delivery ship, mm-hmm. there's an overhead shot where we see that that ship is much bigger than the aircraft carrier. Right. Then they get to fighting, that ship gets flipped over, and now they're the two of them are on top of an aircraft carrier that we already know is much smaller. Um, that seemed off to me in the scaling of things, but I was like, ah, I don't give a flying thing right now. This is awesome. They're, you know what right. I mean? But that's what the movie did. It made you not care about, oh, there's no way they both fit on this ship, but you know what? They're fighting on the ship. It's cool as hell. Right. Uh, and I thought it was a great kind of, kind of lead in. And um, so I, I thought that was good. Um, and then, to the counterpoint to that by time because by time they got to hong kong they were gigantic right yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. i mean <laughs> both of them were were monstrous um <laughs> and you know they were taller than some of the skyscrapers so and but we'll get to the whole hong, hong kong thing in a minute um but i really liked i, I you know i like that battle scene i what was your take obviously this movie had to be kong heavy mm-hmm. because we hadn't had a Kong movie since Skull Island, and uh, we had the you know the, the Peter Jackson King Kong, which was my opinion was always good, but just too long. Yep. Um, and then I personally have always liked Skull Island. Mm-hmm. I know people are people are hit or miss with it. I liked Skull Island. I had no problem with Skull Island. Um, but since it was so long, this definitely felt more like a Kong movie than a Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like it had to to kind of fill in the blanks. But so. When we get Kong going to the center of the Earth through the through the tunnel system and everything that uh, that we find out in in King of the Monsters, did you was there any point of view that felt this is the way I took it? I felt like that could have been an entirely separate movie that maybe could have come before this fight. Like I thought it would have been cool maybe if they did a whole thing where you know Kong they they do this Kong goes discovers this tunnel system, he's the king of the center of the Earth or whatever, and then right. eventually it leads to to him coming up to the surface um what did you think of of that and do you think it um do you think it could have stood alone do you think another kong standalone before this would have helped the franchise or were you just fine with the way everything played out with it i think that yeah i, I think it could have been another standalone movie uh but i mean this, this, the runtime was like what like an hour and a half so it was it, <laughs> it was perfect you know it's not too long it's not uh not like a uh uh Zack Snyder production was the four hours, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, Marvin, Marvin would have been out if it was four yeah, hours. Yeah, he would have been out. He would have watched the sections. But uh, it, that, that part of it, uh, it really could have been like another standalone or a lead up to it. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, it wasn't really essential to the film. They, yeah. you know, they could have went a different direction. But I am, I am happy with the runtime. Um, and it just, I guess, I guess it was just a side story, like, uh, with, a with, a Tyrese character and, uh, uh, Bobby Jackson's character, you know, that kind of side story. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess you need that yeah. just to kind of, you know, kind of move it along. But, mm-hmm. but, but the middle earth thing, it could have been like, yeah, it could have been a whole nother story. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was fine with it, but you know, it could have been, yeah, it could have been another like a another movie. Yeah, I, but again, too, I, I think they did a good job of not bogging us down. They gave us what we needed. Mm-hmm. There was sure there were things they didn't explain, and that's that's fine. Like, it, were there you know clearly there was a handprint on on the door. So right. Were there more? Were there more Kongs? Clearly, there's an axe with one of Godzilla's spines in it. So how did that happen? Were there more Godzillas? Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like so they they left they left a lot out there but again it didn't nothing nothing took away from from the story and i loved how um so i kind of knew so then okay so basically what happens is now let's speed up a little this brings us to hong kong um again a unique choice right Right. it's it's not japan you would think you know tokyo or whatever but it's it's hong kong Mm -hmm. um China. I did the finger quotes there. there China. You <laughs> um, you know, but but they're they're in Hong Kong and you have this this futuristic um, you know, awesome looking city, bright neon and I think that's one of the things that I really liked about the evolution also of of this franchise is when you go back to um to, let's go back to Godzilla to 2014. Mm-hmm. It was shot in a very cinematic style. Right. It it was there, there was very little. It was shot uh, almost you know real life you know present day cinematic style. Great, great. I love the way that was shot. Then we got to the King of the Monsters, and we started to get a little bit more you know uh, out there um, where we it was still shot in a in a very like dramatic sense. But then you know you you started to get more of uh, kind of futuristic cgi and the monsters and boston and everything like you, you started to see the change and then this one they just like fully embraced like superhero comic book like just all out by i mean yeah. by the time we got by the time we got to hong kong it was like you know detective pikachu <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? like like they just they just fully embraced what it was and it was just monsters fighting in neon everywhere um and and i thought but again too it, it aesthetically was also great we we have the the second round so to speak between you know kong versus godzilla i of course me being the nerd as as i am i knew what was coming the entire time i knew why godzilla was upset um but um it all it all led to it it it, it played into it great um you know i had a friend ask me right out of the gate uh because he knows how i am he was like so who won and I was like, well, t- Godzilla what? won. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he had, I think he had Kong down on the ground and roared in his face. Right. And then Kong roared back too. And that was kind of like the, hey, buddy, I could off you right here. Um, but you know what? It probably would help me to keep you around for a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
there was that like little mutual respect but i mean the reality of it is okay the first time the first on the ship kong had to play dead yeah right? oh. so that's the first that's the first one and then the second fight his damn Stop. heart stopped yeah i'm like oh, so, so i think it's pretty clear who right. won between those two <laughs> now i will say this because we get the big plot twist which we all knew was coming and and i'll set this up uniquely by saying um i kind of felt throughout this whole thing and i had talked about it on the show before and, and tried to to warn people uh a couple times i said a hey, spoiler alert coming so don't listen if you don't want to hear this but um it just felt to me the entire time that um if you were ever going to interject Mechagodzilla into the mix, this movie was yeah. it. And I just felt all along like this is what had to be it. I mean, if you go through the history of Godzilla back to the Toho days, Godzilla acts differently when Mechagodzilla is around. Yep. So as soon as I started to hear those whispers of Godzilla's behavior changing, I was like, oh, this is this is Mechagodzilla. And Legendary has done a great job of... Uh, tossing it back to the tradition, talk, tossing it back to the legends of, of Toho, but also keeping it kind of fresh and, and modernized. Um, but you just, you kind of knew we were getting a Mecha Godzilla from, from the minute that that last movie ended and they found Ghidorah's skull. You, you kind of knew that, that this is where it was going. I will not lie. There was a little part of me that wasn't sure if they were going to try to tweak it and do a Mecha Ghidorah instead of a Mecha Godzilla. But Again, even if you follow back, and uh, I'm going to nerd out here on my <laughs> Godzilla history, but even if you even if you go back and you watch Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 mm -hmm. from the Toho series, Mechagodzilla, the second Mechagodzilla is actually built from Ghidorah's skull. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of tie-ins. But anyway, it brings us to present day, and we get a, a Mechagodzilla. And I will tell you, Terrence, for a fact, as soon as my son saw the metal is that pepper pots making all that noise no sorry there? you know what i'm gonna go inside Hold on, it's, <laughs> just no it's the dogs of the street so let me just go on inside <laughs> my dogs are inside so let me just go ahead i was gonna, yeah. I was, I was gonna say pepper pots man no no her her, her bark is uh small <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. She's got a big bar, big bar for such a little, little doggy. Right. Um, but the 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 second that Jonah kind of sees the metal scaling, so you, you don't even have a full image yet. Um, he literally leaped off the couch, and his eyes were huge. And I literally said to him, I was like, "Do you know what that is?" And his face lit up, and he was like. It's Mecha G. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, buddy. Uh, and then, of course, it fully unveiled himself, and it, he was running around like it's Mecha Godzilla. Um, but even that, I love the fact that um, when so we get Mecha Godzilla, and of course, we always go through this every time Mecha Godzilla turns and becomes sentient. Mm -hmm. What I loved about the legendary one is they wasted zero freaking time with turning him sentient. Right. Like they literally turned him on, <laughs> and he was like, oh, "I'm in control of myself, and I'm yeah. bad." And I love the fact that the guy that the guy was just like, "Shit," uh, <laughs> and then he was dead. Like I love the fact that they wasted they wasted no time at all um, with getting to that. I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was great. The only weird thing that I will say. And I didn't notice this until somebody pointed out to me and I went back because I was like, no, they wouldn't have wasted it that like 
So, did you realize that the guy piloting Mechagodzilla was supposed to be Sirizawa's son? You know what? I nope. I did not recognize that. See, neither did I. It's in in the plot line. That's Sirizawa's son. So it's supposed to be like this whole revenge mm-hmm. thing. That's one area where I was like, all right, that they could have given me a couple more lines <laughs> in the script <laughs> to explain because I felt like that was a wasted character and a wasted storyline because, of course, his son would want revenge. And, of course, it would lead to, you know, Mecha Godzilla. Um, but anyway, so we didn't we didn't get that backstory but it, they made up for i will say they, they made up for instantly <laughs> turning mecha godzilla sentient which which i love um I'll, I'll even i'll even go ahead and overlook the fact that he looked a little bit like the constructicon monster oh, from transformers yeah, 2 yeah. <laughs> but but he was still there and that's all i cared about it was still mecha godzilla in some form or fashion um so we get we get the epic fight um my favorite scene of the entire movie uh even being the huge godzilla fan that i am um my favorite scene is when they take you point of view perspective into the three skyscrapers as godzilla is getting his head bashed right this <laughs> <laughs> is like this is some fantastic cinematography right now and there is your point earlier terrence about if that was in an imax theater that would have been simply amazing. Could you imagine Godzilla's head getting smashed through a building and the glass and everything like flying at you? I mean, he took Mecha Godzilla took his head through all three buildings. It was amazing. Like he literally took you left, right, center. It was fantastic. It, it, it would have been beautiful on IMAX. And uh, uh, quick side note: so when Mecha Godzilla, when they first, you know, when he first had his, you know, when he first appeared, yeah. I was like Mecha Godzilla. That's when Lonnie left me. She said, "Oh, you're a nerd. I'm going to bed." <laughs> no, uh, no, but I was like, "I was like, baby, no. Mecha Godzilla. You are not a nerd. It is <laughs> Mecha effing Godzilla." <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping on the couch like Tom Cruise. I'm like, man, it's Mecha Godzilla. As you should have been. As you should have been. I was on the edge of my seat, man, and Jonah's over there running, staring at the TV, trying to get a closer look. It's Mecha Godzilla. But yeah, oh, man, it was oh, a, a Mecha wish. G. Yeah, Mecha G. <laughs> so, to that point, uh, hopefully post-pandemic, well, whenever that is, um, I hope it is re-released in theaters just so I can see that scene where he's getting smashed through those buildings. <laughs> yeah. I just, just want to sit on a big screen, you know, as opposed yeah. to my, my, my home screen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, but I, I thought it was great. And then clearly, again, um, Godzilla made the wise move. Um, mm-hmm. by not killing Kong because yep. Godzilla needed Kong to bail his ass out because his right. ass was getting whooped <laughs> yeah. by Godzilla, uh, And it, it definitely took the two of them. So that's another thing, though, that I love about the way the way things have been done. Uh, and a lot of people may not realize it, but every time Godzilla has had to defeat uh, G, as as my son calls him, or Monster, yeah, yeah, Mecha G. I mm-hmm. almost called him Monster Zero. That's Ghidorah. Uh, Jonah has all the code names for everybody. So, but every time he's got to fight Mecha G, somebody has always had to help him in the past. And in, in in the you know the first one it was King Caesar. In uh, the second one it was Rodan. Somebody has always had to help Godzilla to to defeat uh, Mecha Godzilla because right. Mecha Godzilla inevitably throughout history almost has Godzilla dead and somebody has to help. So this time around it was Kong. I thought it was fantastically done. Um, I thought it was great the way 
um, there were some some Easter eggs to the original Kong versus Godzilla that were well done. Um, I kind of wish they two of them would have stood on each side of a temple and destroyed it though, because that's still one of my favorite all time Godzilla things because it's so funny looking. But um, but I thought the fight between all three of them were great. It was it was what it had to be. Um, I don't think um, you know. I thought the ending was great. I thought Godzilla going off into the sea and, and Kong going to the center of the earth um, was all fantastically done and aesthetically beautiful and just all the all the praise and, and, and all the happiness. Because like I said, this movie was everything that I needed it to be. Right. Um, but it, also what I say by that is it was everything that I needed to be because, and I don't blame them, but Legendary in leading up to this said oh there's there's you're going to get a definitive winner out of this like there's there's going to be they they very much built this as this was the end of the monster verse like they really played that card that this is the end of the monster verse uh i not a betting man but the way that movie ended this is not the end of the monster verse they left that sucker wide open mm-hmm. i almost feel like we're supposed to be getting another kong movie anyway like i felt that i felt that there was already one more kong movie announced for after kong versus godzilla i would have to go back and double check that but i also heard i was like there's no way when I watched this the other day, I was like, there's no way they're done with Godzilla. Um, right. Because it, number one, I mean, let's just be honest. The franchise is just red hot right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, King of the Monsters was great, but literally they just gave us a movie that was literally nothing but monster fights. Like, there was, like I said, no script, no characters to really get attached to, mm-hmm. no anything, just monsters fighting all over the place. And like you said, Terrence, if this isn't the pandemic world and this goes into the box office and it's the sun, it, it's a it's a summer movie. Mm-hmm. This is bank. This probably outperforms King of the Monster and the original, the the Godzilla twenty fourteen. Like, oh yeah, it, it's like this would this would have just gotten bank. Um, so I don't think I don't think Godzilla is done by any means. I've heard rumors, like I don't know how true they are, but I've already heard that Millie Bobby Brown. I talked about it in earlier segment um but that millie bobby brown has been uh signed to another deal so she'll be if there's no script yet but apparently now it is rumbling that there is another there is going to be another godzilla movie Mm -hmm. and she is already in in as part of the cast so i again when i when you watch the last 10 minutes of that movie you just can't feel that this franchise is anywhere near done i mean i feel like they just left it so wide open for sequels oh yeah oh yeah and uh it'll probably come because I I just hope well with this like you said left they left it wide open so it won't feel so the next movie won't feel like a cash grab because there's like mm-hmm. I hate to say this uh, but coming to America too felt <laughs> like a cash grab I mean it was nostalgic it had its good points but with this franchise I mean it's wide open you can have another Kong movie have another Godzilla movie <clears throat> and then you know. Have, a, have another epic meetup so I think what you need to do is that I think as, as much as it pains me because I love them I think I think you need to let Godzilla go in, in the ocean and, and chill out for about two years mm-hmm. uh, and I think and this is where I think it could be fun again I don't know how much they want to open up the monster verse but you could theoretically now you could even kind of go backwards in time and you can do you can do movies from you know before 
this fight or you can do you know you can do spin-offs you can you can give us a a Rodan movie or you can right. give us a Ghidorah movie like you can do I mean come on give us a Mothra movie or a Me- like there's yeah. other things you can do um <clears throat> you know you could rebuild Mechagodzilla and have an entire Mechagodzilla movie where he just terrorizes everything and then eventually we need Ka- we need Godzilla to come back I just feel there's a lot that they can do whether they do it or not that's a whole nother question um but I just feel there's a lot of avenues if they want to take they can take because let's be honest right now this does appear to be a cash cow i mean uh not only not only again for for people our age obviously we love it we're into it um but i could tell you for a fact there's a whole younger generation out there now that is jonah's age Mm -hmm. that is just into godzilla right now uh and i mean jonah yeah granted he's influenced by me because i you know, I've had him watching Godzilla since he was little, but right. he's literally got like every Godzilla toy there is. He's literally got like basically every Godzilla versus Kong toy from from the new line. Um, so that kids are kids are buying the toys, kids are watching the movies. Um, I just I was talking to uh, a coworker of mine the other day, and her son is the same age as Jonah, seven, and uh, he never watched a Kong, mo- uh, never watched a Godzilla movie before, and they watched a movie together the other day, and he's absolutely like freaking out over Godzilla now. Like that's that's it. I just think this is such a cash cow um, for Legendary and, and Universal and everybody involved. Um, I don't see how they stop it right now i mean i just like i don't i don't see how you stop it. you don't want to i understand you don't want to transformers yourself uh. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but um you know i feel like you've got an opportunity here to keep this going for a little bit and i like i said i think they will um why t did you like last night did you enjoy last night you know what <laughs> Did you make it through all of last night? I just <laughs> because last, last last night was like a four-hour movie that probably should have ended like ninety minutes in. It's, yeah, that that Transformer franchise. I, at this point, I don't want to see a reboot. I'm just like, just leave it as it is. They let's just have let us just let us have the first one. Yeah, let's the, have first the first one was one. great. Yeah, just let's have the have first that. one. First one was great. But I think Hollywood it just has this thing where people. You know, you get these big numbers, and it's like, oh, we need mm-hmm. to do a sequel, and it's like, oh, you yeah. really don't need to do it. But mm-hmm. with this franchise, there's so many other stories that can go off, you know, in different mm-hmm. directions. So, uh, you know, take a take a year break, take a two year break, then come back with something else, something else, mm-hmm. and just kind of make it a. Oh, I don't want to say like a Marvel's. Uh, 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 it can be close though. It, it can be like it, a Marvel. It, it can be like a Marvel verse. It um, can be, yeah. But I feel like I I feel like they can develop other characters and continue to make money. Yeah, and pull other pull other people in and then bring them all together. Then bring them all together. Movie. Movie. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, it, it it will at the end of the day it will be a cash cow per se. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day you'll have this story, that story, that story, that story. So you can kind of relate and say, hey. Okay, I know about this one. I know about that one. I know about this one. So now I know, you know, what's going on. As opposed to, they just throwing it all out there, and it's like mm-hmm. I have no backstory on any of the characters. But here we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. So- you can start filling in some of those blanks. And there, like I said, the nice thing for them is there is a rich history that they can pull from with with all the the you know the Toho movies. So 
it's um I, I again i think they've done i have to say i think legendary has done a great job mm-hmm. um with the franchise um they've just uh, the last two especially they've just really delivered i mean king of the monsters is still my favorite because how could it not be but mm-hmm. um again I, the uh, kong godzilla versus kong was what i needed it to be i i felt good i was happy at the end like it was monsters fighting i didn't I didn't get bogged down with the story. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it, it was just, it was really well done. It was well, I will say it was well worth the wait. I think the wait helped as well in an odd way. I think I think the, the year delay helped build even more anticipation. And then mm-hmm. let's be honest. I mean, they really got to be the first big movie out of the gate. Right. Um, you know, even with HBO Max, you know, a lot of people watch it from home, but they were the first big one um out of the gate so it'll be interesting to see um where we go from there um any final thoughts on godzilla versus kong before i ask you about another uh hbo max movie coming up here okay um like i said man if you haven't seen it see it um and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i I think this was supposed to be like a trilogy or something like that i I was reading it some some other time but uh, Mm um but definitely see it um, it. Ah, I wish that people would view it in the theaters, but stay safe. You know, do what you gotta do. <laughs> but it was it was a great runtime. It was concise. It focused strictly on the monsters, which I appreciated. It wasn't uh, a bunch of tearing shit up. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a bunch of ball down. It was like it was. You know, it was just like, hey, this is what it is. This, this is going down. <laughs> And I appreciate that. So definitely, definitely see it. See it. Not, don't see it once. See it two or three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Definitely watch it more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're not a a, a longtime uh, Godzilla historian or, or Godzilla nerd like me. Definitely watch it two two or three times because you'll probably pick up on stuff each time Mm -hmm. that you might have missed the first time around um that's the other thing too quick note about this franchise that i I think is going to be great um and i'll probably get in trouble for saying this but (laughs) uh, nerds spend money so i I mean (laughs) nerds spend money so Mm -hmm. they could just they just market the crap out of this and people like me are going to eat it up and uh so yeah they're they're onto something good here um but again, like I said, uh, you know, we were forced because of the pandemic to to go the route of HBO Max to watch this and not in the, the theaters. Um, but there's another movie that I'm kind of excited about, um, okay. but I'm also I'm also leery mm-hmm. because my hope my hope is they keep it cheesy like the original. Um, but I don't know for sure what's going to happen. But um, have you have you heard about? Have you thought about? Are you interested in the new Mortal Kombat movie? Um, off the trailers, I said I'm, I'm definitely interested. I will watch it. Um, I already got a, a Mortal Kombat uh, watch party uh, with my cousins. Okay. Um, All right. So they set it up. So I just said, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come attend. But um, I hope they just keep it strictly. Uh, they'll make it cheesy, but you know, keep it kind of close to the game. So we'll, we'll see. So you want you want you want a little you want a little little of a mix. You want, yeah. You want a little a little of the hokiness from the original, mm-hmm. but you want it kind of like a, a modernized badass version, right? Yes. Indeed. Is that, is that what you're hoping for? That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. So, uh, we'll see. It comes out of what April 16th, I believe. 
So, you know, that's another thing that's weird. Uh, it, it's April 16th, but then they're also running ads that say April 23rd. I'm really confused. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, but everything I've heard, everything I've heard is April 16th. So I'm not sure what the hell is going on there, to be quite honest, because there are literally ads running on TV right. <laughs> saying April 23rd, as well as April 16th. Yeah. HBO Max is saying April 16th. Yeah, something so... like that. Is it day April 16th or the 23rd? But so, so here, here's what you do. <laughs> if Mortal Kombat is not out when you're listening to this episode, <laughs> that means it came out on April 23rd. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what's going on with the marketing team over there. Um, but yeah. I believe it's coming out on the 16th. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it could be uh, one of those, you know, I'm going to call it a summer movie for lack of a better term. Um, but I think it could be one of those fun summer movies. I hope it's not terrible. Um, I mean, it it uh, it can't be Pitch Black or Tom Cats, right? So... Oh, my God. Those are terrible entries. <laughs> oh, my God. Those are bad. So, so I mean, there's something there right it, i mean it's there i mean that, that that that's my scale can you be better than pitch black or tomcats you don't have to, really you don't have to try very hard <laughs> really i'm not asking a lot yeah you, you don't have to try very hard but i, I think they will uh, i hope they will do it justice and we'll get a we'll get a good movie i i i hope so 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 fingers fingers crossed on that one um <laughs> and, and we'll see what happens i i, I hope you enjoy your your watch party there um before i let you go i don't i don't want to not touch on it uh because it was i was uh there's a segment coming up later on uh where i talk about the passing of, of dmx last week um but man like such a huge soundtrack to our college years right man a huge soundtrack like like i was thinking about it the other day i was like god like a lot like yeah we used to listen to him a lot and get like hyped up for parties and stuff right so, <laughs> uh, yeah um so it's 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 crazy uh it's sad you know i also i didn't never realize again just time and place you know when you're in college you think you're a kid and when somebody's i guess on mtv rapping and everything else you think they're a grown-up but crazy that is only like seven years older than us right man crazy <laughs> right like and it was just, that kind of blew my mind a little bit and it's just you know um he was battling demons like before he really yeah. got big and so you know it's yeah. just and he was just really starting to you know he he kind of been dormant for a couple of years you know just not rapping mm-hmm. or whatever but he was really starting to, to reemerge. um he was on uh drink champs uh with noriega and he had an episode with that like probably about a month ago and then he was uh, working on a new album, so it was just like, you, you know, you want to give your, you want to give people their flowers, you know, while they're, yeah, while they're hot, but you know, while they're there, you know, say, hey, I appreciate you, I appreciate all you've done. Um, but, I mean, he was definitely loved. He will be missed. It was just, man, just just a loss. That was just, yeah, crazy. yeah just a, a true, truly unique, uh, unique sound, unique voice, unique talent. Um, I, I talk about that at length uh, later on coming up in the show. But yeah, I just I couldn't let you go without mentioning because again, like I, I talked about in the segment later on, just such a huge part of our, our college years and our college soundtrack. I mean, he was just a huge part of the late '90s uh, in, in the rap game in general. So um, you know, again, sorry 
sorry to see him go at the age of 50 due to a massive heart attack that's just a wake-up call for all of us yeah uh, you know in our age group to just you know go to the doctors eat healthy do the right things um yeah. because it's, it's crazy like i said it's crazy to think that dmx is only seven years older than us um right so uh you know god god speak to him and, and to his family but uh just 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 wild uh wild, wild stuff there the only thing uh you know that maybe could have helped him turn his life around a little bit more as if he had Marvin as his accountant. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin would have watched every penny. <laughs> Those taxes would have been filed. Right. Every penny, every penny going out. <laughs> Those those taxes would have been filed. Uh, so I don't know if he would have been able to, you know, I don't know if he would have been able to get him out of those uh, animal cruelty issues that he had, but the tax evasion issues, he would have been able to help him Yeah, he would have helped him out immensely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right, buddy. Well, it's it's always a pleasure. And... uh... Let's let's leave him on a high note, right? Let's leave him on a high note. There's nowhere there's no nowhere for us to go after that. Let's 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 leave him on a high note. Uh, exactly. So a, a pleasure having you on and uh you you be safe and we'll get you back on soon, buddy. All right. All right man, thanks for having me. Everybody stay safe and uh yeah, we'll we'll see you again soon. Last week we lost Earl Simmons, better known as the snarling yet soulful rapper DMX, who had a string of number one albums in the late 90s and early 2000s, but whose personal struggles eventually rivaled his lyrical prowess. Um, DMX died last week in White Plains, New York at the age of 50. Uh, Clearly, uh, when you look at the time frame, late 90s early 2000s dmx was the soundtrack for many of my college years um x gonna give it to you uh there were many a nights where we were either in the club or at a party and we got that snarling um you know deep dmx voice get us all pumped up and get us ready for the party or just driving around in the car uh you know dmx was a prominent figure in the rap game in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, His family announced a death in a statement. Uh, He had been on life support at White Plains Hospital after suffering what the family called a catastrophic cardiac arrest earlier in the week. Um, On April 2nd, DMX had a heart attack at his home in White Plains. And in the days that followed, his representative said he was on life support in a vegetative state. Uh, outside the hospital in New York, many family and friends gathered uh, playing DMX's music aloud and praying, holding up their arms in the shape of an X. Um, DMX's music was often menacing and dark with the occasional nod to Christian spirituality. Spiritual, spirituality, I will enunciate because I am a broadcaster and that's what I do. Uh, he committed crimes, served times in different correctional institutions, and battled addiction long before he released an album. And his troubled past informed the gritty content and intimidatable delivery of his rhymes. There is no question, right, that DMX had a unique sound. You know, in in a music industry, in in a broadcast industry, in, in anything, um, it's all about voice sometimes, and, and voice and talent. And, and man, DMX had that unique, uh, gravelly voice that that just made him such a, a unique and, and fun talent. Um, this man, 
uh, you know, uh, he just, he could pack a house. He was just so hot at the time. When you think about the 90s, I mean, he barked over the chorus of Get At Me, Dog, uh, the breakout single from his 1998 debut album, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Um, it's been often said that his throat seemed to hold a fuzz box and a foghorn. Um, and in between the songs, he would growl and bark. Um, you know, it, it was, when you go back and you look at um the times uh with the rough riders and and you look at his times when he was on tour with jay-z and 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 other uh you know legends of the rap industry um he his concerts were amazing and and he was just uh he was he was a force he was a force in the rap industry and his contributions won't soon be forgotten um you know did he have his his issues and and his past absolutely was he in and out of trouble yes before he even became a well-known rapper he was in and out of trouble several times uh then of course there were the animal cruelty charges several several times he was charged with with animal cruelty um you know and then there was tax evasion for years when he was at the height of the rap game he just didn't pay taxes um so nobody's saying that he was angelic by any means um but also, you know, in, in his death, we're, we're not going to run over his his legacy and, and be negative. I mean, his influence on the rap industry was unique. It was one of a kind. And he was one of the biggest stars in the late 90s, early 2000s. And like I said, definitely a huge soundtrack to my days in, in college. I mean, again, his music was just a part of my life. And uh, it's sad that he's gone at the age of 50 to a massive heart attack. It, it makes you stop and think to take care of yourself again you could you can you can look at lifestyle and you can attribute those things most definitely to it um but you know when when you see um somebody like dmx pass away at 50 and i'm sitting here at the age of 43 it definitely makes you think about health and taking care of yourself and um you know there's there's definitely a takeaway to that but again a, a legendary career uh by dmx and uh unfortunately uh his life was cut short um he was born in 1970 and passed away uh just last week at the age of 50 um so thoughts and prayers with the simmons family and um again just go and, and listen to listen to some dmx music and just reflect on his legacy and uh do a bark here or there and just remember X gonna give it to you. Right now on random thoughts and best regards, let's go ahead and welcome in our good buddy all the way from Texas joining us live. He's here to talk some baseball with us amongst many other things. Welcome back to the show, Matty Matt. Hey Todd. How are you, buddy? Uh great. Glad, glad to hear. Um, before we dig in, uh, obviously the reason why you're here today is we're, we're going to talk some some baseball, and you're kind of our uh, aficionado when it comes to that. But uh, you were also the last time you were on, you were an aficionado. I'll get that word out of something else, and I want to go ahead and tell you that I did do my homework, um, and I tried most of the fish sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I I will say um, I Arby's very good yes I'd, I'd probably put that right at the top uh popeyes also does have one which is very good yes we, i we found that little... out shortly after we got off there <laughs> yep yeah um so and and i'm gonna give wendy's a pass because i think wendy's is good but i think it was just the particular wendy's that i got ah. mine from uh they overcooked it 
Either that or they didn't. Man, it was one of two things because it was kind of uh, it was kind of crispy. So mm-hmm. it was either uh, they overcooked it or they just didn't change the oil. Yeah, <laughs> one of those two things. But it was still good. Um, but the piece of fish itself could have been a little better. But man, they the Arby's one. That's that's mm-hmm. a champ right there. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's that's a good one. So um, I've heard stories that Arby's has a. Uh... They had a deluxe fish sandwich that they Ooh. served on, um, what is that, Hawaiian bread? That sweet yes. Hawaiian bread? Okay. I've heard about that option, but I didn't see it available at mm. the uh, the Arby's that I'd gone to a few times. Well, well I, I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you because I, I didn't realize that there was such a fish sandwiches out oh, there outside of mcdonald's that's why i'm here Todd. so and i i did my i did my due diligence after our, our call and uh i was i was very impressed um, i'm glad it was good it was it was good stuff um made made for a very nice lenten season yeah i think that's the yes. word i want to use lenten lenten right yeah, exactly <laughs> right. exactly so speaking of lent and spring and all that good stuff baseball started oh thank god Thank right. God. You, you excited? You, you you ready for a, a full season? That's that's also exciting, right? We're going to mm-hmm. get a full season. There was actually a, a spring training and uh, nothing's really been good. super interrupted yet, but they've had a couple hiccups. Nothing, but in all honesty, nothing yet. For everything that they're doing, it's working. So, right. And I mean, it was it was the Mets anyway, right? Mm. So you would expect. <laughs> I was actually looking forward to the gonna... to the Mets and seeing what. Uh, francisco lindor could do but yeah so uh, I, i'm not gonna lie it took me a second I, rem- I obviously we're not too far into the season but um i was looking at records today um and we're recording this on a saturday so by the time people listen to it the records may have changed but um i was looking at the mets and i was like oh the mets are in second place and they're only two and two that's weird and then i was like oh wait yeah <laughs> like they played half the games <laughs> opening series yeah. so so um Speaking of games, though, you went to a home opener the other uh, night, didn't you, buddy? Man, it was it was gorgeous. We had uh, yeah. me and my buddy always go to opening day together, and last year he bought tickets. It was for my fortieth birthday, so sadly there was no opening day last year. <laughs> but StubHub no. gave him uh, with his refund; they gave him one hundred and twenty-five percent of what he paid for for last year's tickets. Oh, that's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. So he rolled that extra 25% over, and we really upgraded uh, <laughs> where we were sitting. As I could see from the picture. Oh, good Lord. We could have, I could have had a personal conversation with the third baseman. <laughs> it was great. There were some people in our section that decided they were going to have some personal conversations <laughs> with the ball players. But. <laughs> were they were they nice personal conversations? Uh, they were, were funny they... at first, and then the one guy oh, really okay. needed to bring more material for the day. He just kind of kept <laughs> repeating himself, but he got a he got a good reaction. Uh, he was barking at the third base umpire, his name Angel Hernandez. Okay, uh, I think it's Hernandez, but the guy that blew the perfect game with his bad call. Yes, yes, and he was just letting him have it talking about how he ruined a perfect game and he ruined a, a baseball <laughs> miracle and then it kept kind of going on and on and, and Alex Bregman actually looked over and, and gave the damn man <laughs> I think he was like thinking in his head 
did you play in that game? Was that your perfect game? <laughs> right? Were you on the Yeah, mouth? you pitching that day, bro? <laughs> you sound pretty pissed off about it. <laughs> let, let it go, man. Yeah. There's a lot happening in yeah, the world. Let it go. Um, so, yeah, so now for those who may or may not have known of of course you when you bring up names like Bregman we are talking about the Houston Astros mm-hmm. um you of course those who yes. have listened to the show yes. multiple times know that Matt is our our resident uh Astros and Indians fan um but yep so the home opener from the Astros Astros off to a good mm-hmm. start got to be got to be happy with that uh every like all your all your power guys uh Carrera Altuve Bregman oh, they're, they're firing all the offense they're all averaging in the 300s already for the season uh and uh, they're hitting the ball well, so that's that's got to be excited for Dusty Baker and and you the you the fans. I've come around. Um, I've come around on Dusty. Last year, I kind of rolled my eyes when they hired him, but it's like, man, uh, Rusty's Rusty can pull this off after what he put together last year and and what they're doing this year. So I'm I mean, it's a solid roster. Like I, I was looking at it again as a refresher this, it's this morning. Ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it it really like I mean they did a, a, a really good job of building that roster. Um what are you what are your expectations? Uh, obviously, you know, uh Verlander, Granky, but what are your expectations out of the pitching staff? Well, that's this year? one of the and honestly it's a great rotation. Bullpen's mm-hmm. okay. But um, with some of the other guys that they're pulling up, they had, who was it? Javier was pitching Thursday. He did a great job. Hot start. I think the first two innings, he struck out like four out of six dudes that he faced for the outs. It was, he was firing. Bullpen is going to be a a bit of a challenge, but it's going to be okay because what you got is a lineup that's going to give you they're average they're averaging how many runs per game it seems like every time you turn around they've got nine runs on somebody so yeah they're very high scoring that's so gonna far. help out even if you do have a weak spot but finding uh figuring out who's gonna be the closer that'll probably be a big deal but that'll come together so mm-hmm. they've got uh i was hoping that granky was going to be pitching because he's just fun to watch he's a big old weirdo mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> keeps things interesting so <laughs> But they'll they'll be okay even without uh, without Verlander in there. I think they're going to be all right. What I, I want to uh, in a minute, I kind of want to get uh, your thoughts and, and your opinions. Just being back at at a, an actual you know sporting event, kind of post pandemic and everything else. Um, but I, I do want to stay um, just on the field a little bit more and talk about. So obviously, early in the season. Uh, it, it seems to be uh, the Astros and the Angels out west. Um, I got to ask you, of course, because the Astros and the Angels came off of a, uh, of a, a series. Um, and we saw some things that we talked about in a past episode. Um, what were your what were your thoughts of the series in Anaheim and the trash cans being thrown on the field and all? The, oh, man, that's uh, some some things, some things that I thought maybe would have subsided or died down by now. Apparently not for well, the what Astros. What do they care in Anaheim? Like, did we steal them? Did we steal away their <laughs> right? chance of going to the playoffs or being a contender? No. I thought the same thing. Like, yeah. what, right? What an odd, what an odd fan base to be that upset. Now, the fan base that was upset. If you listened, like, if you watched the uh, the Oakland series, I got to This will mm-hmm. play into the game that we went to, but like the Oakland series in Oakland, if you watch their baseball game, they don't. You normally have a ton of people, and for wherever mm-hmm. they situate, like their field mic, they usually pick up some dude in the stands <laughs> who is sharing his opinion, <laughs> and. 
they had they had some material ready for when the Astros came to town for the opener out in Oakland. And um, I won't share I won't share too much of it. But when uh, at the opener in Houston, Oakland was there, and mm. they let the the Boo Birds came out at the beginning for <laughs> Oakland, and okay, it, it kind of died down later. But uh, like every mm. player that came out for Oakland got a resounding boo. But <laughs> Tony Kemp, who used to play for the Astros, came out. And it mm-hmm. was it was it was humorous, like it was just boo 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 and welcome back to Houston. Tony Kemp, he got like a small standing ovation because he came back to town, and he actually was warming okay. up in front of uh, third baseline where we were at, and he was he was cool mm-hmm. enough to come over and, and say hi to a couple of folks he probably had known. We were sitting in the rich oil guy section, so these people are at a lot of games. But he came over and like said hi, threw a couple baseballs over the, the super high fence, uh, and that was funny. But when they did the intros, the Oakland players that came out and like these are the the bullpen guys that are probably not getting in the game, yeah. might just got in the league. But the boo train was rolling for every player that rolled out, and a couple of them like turned around <laughs> and started doing the come on, pump it up, pump it up. And they knew what was going on. They were they were in on the joke too. Mm-hmm. But it was just a, there's a lot of fun. It's, there's a commented to my buddy Hal, who we went to the game together, of, you know, it's kind of nice to have a, a rival in the division because the Rangers, the Rangers sure. are effing horrible. So who cares about them other mm-hmm. than the in state rivalry thing? That one's almost not yeah. even fun anymore. But with Oakland, you got a, you got a competitor. But here's, I got a picture of it. Um, that I thought it was funny at the game. They were doing the video recap of of last year and like going through the playoffs and everything. And they're showing the video of the Astros. Like there was a lot of footage of the Astros beating Oakland <laughs> in, in big mm-hmm. games. <laughs> and that's when that's when Oakland had the field for batting practice and warm-ups and shit like that. And I turned to my buddy and go, this is not a coincidence that they're showing all this Oakland footage while they're showing last year's montage. They're making them watch it. <laughs> just yeah, a little just reminder. Just a little reminder of what we did to you last year. In case you forgot. <laughs> I got a picture of a couple of guys warming up and I got the Jumbotron in the in the background and they're showing them doing like a walk-off celebration in Oakland. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, it did. It's it's definitely good to to develop a rival, especially in the yeah. division. I mean, that's that's it always, it always makes for fun. Um, but back to the Angels. What? Mm-hmm. I yes. would like to see them be good for for Mike Trout, just that Mike Trout's mm-hmm. on a on a good team and gets to compete. Yeah. But like, I'm not buying the Angels hype yet. I, you talked to a lot of the, or you listened to a lot of the the guys on baseball sports radio and they're talking well the angels are gonna be good this year they're gonna contend oh uh, probably not but we'll see it'd be good if they did it'd be more interesting if it was more than it, two teams in the division that it would be i was gonna say it would be nice to see if the angels were i'd like to see like you said with trout there uh, i'd like to see them actually like make a run because they're right when they're good the Angels have been good a couple times, but they're always good. But they're like first round good. Like they never, they never go deep. So I would like to see them. Um, I think it's been like seven years since they made a, the playoffs. 
you know, I'd, I'd almost kind of like to see a little bit like what happened with the Nationals. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Nationals for so many years were like first oh, round good and then I finally broke through. Yeah. Um, but in the division, I think it would be great too, though, if the Astros, Oakland, and the Angels were all battling. Imagine it out. if the um, AL West was like know. the NL West. There's, yes, shoot, you got the, you got some competitors in that. Exactly. It's 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 already yeah. a dog fight between the Dodgers and the Padres right. this year, and we're what two weeks in. Um, let me let me ask you just uh, uh I want to talk kind of broader baseball outside of the uh, Astros and and kind of the AL a little bit, but let me let me talk to you uh, again because you <clears throat> you were at the season opener. Uh, is yeah. it still Minute Maid Park? Okay, so you're at the season opener in Minute Maid Park there in Houston. Uh, what was it like to be back at a live sporting event? Um, how was it? What was the was the capacity? I'm assuming it's capped yeah, somewhat yeah, they still. Had 50, or? They had 50% okay. capacity for the stadium okay. that day. It was still, you know, mm-hmm. they space things out. They do take okay. um, the social distancing stuff, mm-hmm. but there's only so much you can do when you've got 20,000 people in a stadium walking the sure. concourse and things mm-hmm. like that but there's that that's kind of where i was gonna gonna ask you as curiosity because it's kind of easy right you would think creating pods and yeah. things of that nature for the seating it's probably the easy part right i'd imagine the concourse yeah. um again you could put down markers and say you know stand here or whatever but i'd imagine just that open common space people moving around and yeah. that's probably got to be where it's a little bit right more, you got your mask on uh, kind of iffy feel, right you mm-hmm. do what you can, but that's one of the areas mm-hmm. that you just can't avoid it. But they don't have like, um, there's no cash. Like you're not gonna, you're okay. not gonna have cash at a transaction for okay. anything. And they even went to the extent mm-hmm. of setting up. Uh, I thought it was interesting. They had reverse ATMs. Hey, sorry you didn't hear about the rule. You can put your cash in and get a card to go walk around with. So they've yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And, yeah. Um, no cash what kind of stinks is you don't get a ticket like even with the, everything's gone mobile mm. they would still they would still print yeah. you out a, a little piece of paper that had your seat on it because i would keep those that's how i yeah i've i, I was gonna say you're probably a lot like me you're yeah. kind of old school and you're like yeah i write the stubs. score on the yep. back who i went with yada yada mm-hmm. but they don't do that which it'll, it'll be okay um what else were they doing but it was it was uh really nice to to be able to be back in like a a communal environment with people watching sports mm-hmm. it's a thing yeah um, of being in a group being there live so you know, the just the feeling and the like the electricity when something good happens and everyone's happy it sure, was, sure it was gorgeous i'm not gonna lie before the mm-hmm. game like when it was starting up i cried just a little bit I'm glad I was wearing a mask and sunglasses, so nobody could really there tell. <laughs> but it was really nice. Yeah. No, I can I can imagine that you know being back in that moment mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, it's it's got to be a lot of fun. It's definitely something um, that I'm looking forward forward to in the near future. Um, but um, yeah. So overall, um, let's let's go. Let's talk about your oh, your yeah. other team. How are your Indians doing? doing? A little bit better last couple of days. It's just we don't have any bats. Uh, pitching staff is lights out they're getting okay. they're doing a great job it's just we didn't have any run support for it so we're losing close games by like two runs one run stuff like that it's just nobody mm-hmm. was doing anything basically up until like this week they started to wake up 
our pitching on that team is lights out. We've got that going. Okay. So, but what they've got to do is get them some damn runs. Wake up the bats. So get Joe, get Joe Boo his you, cigar you... and rum. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you think there is a potential for that to happen this year? Do you think they can make a run in they've the central? Cut, or they've cut or, salaries. Kind of they've worked. I never expected them to keep Lindor. Like it was just like trade him, just trade mm-hmm. him get a boatload of prospects, clean out their farm system to get guys to replace him. Because we can't do that. What we can do yeah. is this homegrown talent, which is obvious with the our pitching staff and our rotation for like the last like eight years. Mm. These guys, we're not trading for them. We're not buying big free agents. These guys are coming out of the farm system. So we've got that strength that's already established. And what we need to do is get some bats, replace some guys that we had lost that aren't coming back you know replace Lindor replace Santana at first things like that get some bats out there it will be the central is going to be an interesting division to watch this year with um, the White Sox have been on their comeuppance the last few years yeah yeah they've been Minnesota Minnesota I think is going to wane a little bit Uh, the Indians are going to wane a little Mm -hmm. bit unless they do what we were talking about with starting to get some run support and Kansas City I think Kansas City is going to be ready before anybody else thinks they are um, yeah I think they're in a little bit of a rebuild but I agree with you I think they'll be ready um, I think they yeah, they'll be ready quicker to, than than expected kinda, so mm-hmm. it'll be fun I think the Indians have a chance at maybe maybe winning the division but a better chance at probably getting the wild mm-hmm. card let's see what we get so far, so good. I'm still optimistic. Is there anything in the? Okay, well that's good. It's it's early, but that's good. You're you know, you got some hope for the Indians. Hey, you know what? Your your Browns yeah. had a good season, so exactly. maybe the Indians. I can't. The Indians I can't have everything. Match that. I know. They. Can't have everything <laughs> I want. Right. It's 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 a balance. <laughs> it's a balance. Um, is there any. I know we mentioned the Mets earlier, but is there anything in the NL that you are looking forward to or uh, just anything of worth in the NL that catches NL your West eye? is going to be fun. Um, I like watching the Padres. Mm-hmm. They're just fun to watch. Like last night, yeah. they had that, they had that I agree. no hitter <laughs> um, from mm-hmm. Musgrove and just their reaction on the field. Those guys are loving what they're doing. They're having a shit ton of fun and playing good baseball. Yeah, And somebody to come somebody yeah, it's a really to, fun team to compete with the Dodgers I mean they're not there yet but they're going to be able to compete mm-hmm. with them they might have yeah. one of the best records in in the NL and they're still going to be 10 games behind the freaking Dodgers who have <laughs> right that's that's kind of that's kind of crazy like when you really sit back and you look at like how good the Dodgers are like I mean we we you know we talk about the Astros roster and, and how it's been built and you know yes the Dodgers through free agency and trades for mm-hmm. Mookie Betts and everything else but I mean that Dodge, the Dodgers lineup is just I mean it just keeps coming mm-hmm. there's so much depth on that on that team they're just so good yeah right now. they are and they're fun to watch I'm not gonna not say that mm-hmm. I have nothing against them really yeah it would be nice though and and i i think we both kind of go through this sometimes um but i like you know we talk about san diego um it's nice sometimes when you see the franchises that haven't been good for a while um 
you know, kind of kind of come on come up on the rise. So it would be nice to see. Uh, I think there's some exciting. You know, I think there's San some Diego exciting stuff coming out of, uh, with the Mets and their new owner who wants to who wants to play a little bit. Who wants to be an owner of a baseball team? I think so, right? Like I, I think I think the Mets I think the Mets are headed in a good direction. Um, and he's, you know, they he's once, doing it the right way. Once they get over people, he, he's yes, already yeah. stupid rich. He's the wealthiest owner <laughs> in baseball, which puts him pretty freaking high yeah so this is this is like mm-hmm. a toy to him with these with these billionaires that own yeah. sports teams i mean their buddies have four boats they have four boats they have four houses yeah but what professional sports organization do you own and how good are they mm-hmm. he wants he wants to have right. that team to be good so he can get in that smaller circle of guys Sure. And why not? Right, Matt, when you think about that, like when you think about and if you look at the team that you like, you didn't just and not for nothing, but you didn't just purchase the Baltimore Orioles Mm -hmm. or the Minnesota Twins. You purchased the New York Mets. I mean, it's got it's got a lineage. It's got a history. Mm -hmm. It's New York City. It's you know, you have city field like and basically what I mean by that is you have a ton of things but I mean that's essentially a you know relatively brand new stadium you have a ton of things that could potentially yeah. lure players to to your city to your team and I think the biggest inconsistency over the years for the Mets is why and why they haven't lured anybody there is just the inconsistency mm-hmm. of the ownership and the direction and management because so of I th- uh, Madoff owning <laughs> yes yes yep exactly so you know um they you know they had some some early kind of off-season issues with the whole what was it their whoever was the one that got in trouble for the texting mickey calloway Uh, but but you know yeah yeah but you know (laughs) bad 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 boy Dude, it, hey, listen, if she doesn't respond yeah, after man. the 60th text, right. it might be time to... <laughs> but to draw the counterpoint of an owner like... I'm just... Of an owner like... Uh, Sorry, good. Got, was it Cone or Khan that owns the Mets? Like, to compare him to the owner yeah. of the Indians. The guy from the Indians, pretty sure the current owner inherited it from his dad. And he's running it like a business. Yeah. It's like, listen, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. you got a small market team. These folks are going to come out still, even if your team is okay, and you're going to make your budget. But why wouldn't you want to have some fun with what should be, honest to God, your out of your financial portfolio? It should honestly be looked at as like a toy for you. Hey, okay, yeah. I lost thirteen million dollars last year. Yada yada yada. But you know, we made the playoffs. Stuff like that. Mm Because if you do spend and you get the folks in the stadium, people are going to buy your stuff. They're going to want to come to your games. You'll start making a profit. But he's looking at it and it's just too much dollars and cents. The Dolans aren't horrible owners, but they're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And and so I I will agree and I can completely relate because I was just having this discussion the other day, uh, different sport but almost the same blueprint. Uh, we we talk about the Orlando Magic just recently uh, hit the reset button and traded everybody away at the trade deadline, and there was a lot of frustration uh, amongst fans down here and everything else. And I kept telling people, well, hey, listen, the only way to make the 
the, the DeVos family is running it kind of like you just said with, with the Indians. They're, they're running it like a business. There's no uh-huh. real attachment for them. I realize it's a little different with the Indians, but for them, there's no real attachment. They're up in Michigan. They're, they're making their money. People are still going to the games and they don't, they don't necessarily, they got a new arena t- a decade ago. So there's, there's things that they just don't care about. The only time that they're going to do something to make the team more competitive is when people mm-hmm. stop going to the games. Um, and as long as, as long as that's not happening, um, then you're going to have what you have, and you're just going to be, a, you know, you're going to be a franchise. And every three to five years, they're going to re, they're going to get players that they're not going to resign. They're going to trade them away, and that's just the nature of the beast. If you really don't like it, then my only advice to you mm-hmm. is, don't support them. Um, you know, it mm-hmm. sucks because you want to support your hometown team, but th- at the end of the day, it's a dollars and cents thing. And if there's still, if the gate is still yeah. the gate and it's not changing now, granted the pandemic changes things slightly, but you know, if, if the gate is still the gate, then really they're looking at it and they're like, right. well, we're not doing anything yeah. wrong. We're still making money. So, you know, so it's, it's interesting. Like you said, it's, I think there is those two, but there are those two schools of thought. And I don't know if you can really say that at the well us as fans their one way is wrong but at the bottom yeah. line sense maybe it's not wrong but you know i think if you're an owner like we're talking about with the with the mets and some of these other teams you know exactly. oh why not why not have some fun you know why not like the owner of the be mets. like the like you know has, the dodgers he, he or he got out of the bubble yeah. the dot-com bubble before it, it burst mm-hmm. and made billions of dollars on it and he treats those guys yep to everything like they they're supposedly supposed to have like mm-hmm. the best private jet in the league and their their locker rooms are gorgeous and if they want something mark cuban's gonna do it for yep. him he's having fun with it he goes to the games mm-hmm. he sits on the yep. court he yep. gets upset with the umps and the referees and <laughs> that's what i would do good lord I was just—I was just gonna say—I feel like that would completely be oh, you and yeah. I if we owned sports teams. Like the both of us would be just so there. Um, and sure, yeah, whatever. Um, but we would have fun with it. But again, there—it's just you know—we love sports. We we love our our teams. But uh, again, too, I, I, you know, everybody's different. But again, I, like why i don't know why get yeah. into that if you don't have that passion i get it it's a bank account thing but you know what i'm saying like why mm-hmm. be an owner if you don't have a I passion agree. for it but so let me let me tackle this All with right. you and i'm going to use the word tackle because there's there's okay. and i'm going to switch gears on us a little bit um because we talked about it last uh, last time you were on um explain to me a little bit cuz i i'm so lost um what oh no spring football i i even ha- i even had another friend bring this up to me the other day he was like uh so spring football is a thing and since when and i was like well i was like since the beginning of the pandemic when certain colleges were like well we're not playing we're gonna play in the spring but then all the other leagues said well no we're gonna play we're just yeah. gonna delay our so like i thought that all went away but it's here so I, again spring football explain it to me but then also maybe let me start here because i'm a little confused so they're gonna play spring football but then are they going back to the regular schedule in the fall or because i feel like this is a handicap to the play like this is going to be such a short turn physically for these not healthy to try to get ready for the start of their next season i it a lot of it doesn't that part definitely doesn't is that is that the concept 
that they're going to go back to a regular season to make in up the fall? For what happened with the when they shut down the season last year? And they're like, oh no, it's okay, guys. We're going to okay. play in April. Oh, cool. And then they threw in, <laughs> but you're also going to be back out there for dumb sessions. And yeah, so I think they're too hard to to make up uh, 2020 when they really should just be like. You know what? Sorry, guys. That one didn't happen. Because. Yeah. Or even just play. I don't know. Like, are they even are they playing full schedules? Are they playing reduced schedules? Like, what's the end game? I mean, clearly right. you're not going to bowl games here. So, like, I just a lot of it. A lot of it seems confusing to me. I can't even really say from. I mean, I guess the only mm-hmm. revenue standpoint I can maybe say is. TV TV contracts. That's a big part of it. The economics of it. uh, Yeah, but I'm like you. I can't imagine there's that many. Well, maybe there are students going to the game because when we were in the middle of the pandemic, like LSU and Alabama games were packed. So who knows? Maybe there are students going going to the game since we're in a little bit better place now. But um, yeah, I just there's I just it's confusing to me. It's it's not good football. Uh, Watching. No, it's not. I tried to watch my beloved Youngstown Penguins play. I mean, we got a new coach. We got a lot of things Mm -hmm. besides being spring football, but it's just not good football to watch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't get it. And uh, I think they're kind of forcing it. And probably for the number one reason being economics and TV contracts. Hey, we're going to have to give back $3 billion. <laughs> to Fox, if we don't freaking play this, <laughs> like, yeah, get out there. All right, get out there. <laughs> so, but no, it's yeah, the, the yeah. product's not even good, which is probably the worst of it. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. And again, too, they even that with you know, I can't imagine. I can't imagine it's destination viewing for for those that do hold yeah. the contracts like ESPN, Fox. Like I, I can't believe if it wasn't on that people would be like, "Oh yeah. God, I have planned my whole day around that." Um, it's like you said, because it's just not good. So even if you watch one game, I seriously doubt like yeah. the next weekend you're right. Back I got my your TV ESPN like I can't wait for this game subscription um, for six bucks a month to watch the Penguins, and mm-hmm. I've watched like two games because mm-hmm. it just got to the point. This isn't this isn't entertaining. I'm gonna go do yard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me mm-hmm. go. Let me go uh, mulch. So. Um, no, no I good. I know you finds. haven't been to Marshalls lately. Uh, going sadly, just too busy. What's going on with that? Just haven't it's had a, the time. It's a good thing too to busy. an extent, but uh, did some um, uh, did some outlet shopping the other day. It was I, oh, my, how, my how was family that? was visiting from Ohio, and we've got a pretty nice outlet mall okay. twenty minutes up the road. So we went up there with them. They wanted to go see what they got, and um, went through, just tagged along with them, and went looking in a couple of stores for you know stuff that's my size, which I would say it's probably not politically correct to say, but like a normal person size. Where <laughs> okay. I'm gonna get a large, <laughs> extra large T-shirt, or I'm gonna get a, you know a size 10, 10 to ten and a half to eleven size pair of sneakers. And I walk in there and I'm looking. Gotcha. Around. I'm gonna get a, a raincoat for work. I need something. All they have are like 
boys medium mm-hmm. and 4XL. <laughs> and I was like, there's better selection at Marshalls. And, and even Ross, which is like the step cousin of Marshalls, where they give all the other stuff to. Yes. So I was dead set. And I was going to try to get a pair of uh, shoes for work. And I'd been there two weeks ago mm-hmm. and I got the shoes and I liked them and I'm an old man now so I'm going to rebuy the same pair of shoes I'm going to okay. get some back so like I'm going to get those yeah. same well, shoes they? No. and I know they're going to have them all uh, they had are like size 14 <laughs> and oh, it's just a, a disappointing experience it broke my heart so, so what 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 did you learn the, the next time you see those shoes you automatically buy two like, pairs great these are good <laughs> And then they don't tell you till you get to their registers. Like, well, if you buy a second pair, it's fifty percent off. And I'd already dropped some coin that day, getting sunglasses. <laughs> don't you? <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because don't you love like I call it outlet outlet shopping math. Like, don't you love how they always have the they try to confuse you like with a whole bunch of numbers. Like, you get up to the register and they yeah. blurt out all these things that if you buy like you know if you buy this 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 and this you save you know. And ideally, like once you've muddled through all the yeah, confusion, maybe. you've saved like sales tax maybe. and that's it. But, but, yeah. but they make it like sound so the good with their math, store, right? Uh, my family, my <laughs> uncle likes Adidas gear and he wanted to pop in and he was he was literally disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like when he got in there, he's like, man, that wasn't that wasn't good. But we were me and my cousin were killing time in the shoe, sh- the shoe section and they had which were what I would call not real special adidas but they were kind of cool looking and we're at the outlets so it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like borderline clearance they still had these things marked for like 130 bucks yeah and we had a 10 minute conversation <laughs> about how is that a deal like, where do you get the deal at this <laughs> that's that's not yeah. anywhere you give me like 45 dollars used to be 120 dollars when these were like new okay we'll talk <laughs> but it's marked down to 120 bucks. Uh, oh, oh God. But Matt, go. they were 165. Yeah. You get me a pair of Yeezys <laughs> for 130 bucks. So, oh, God, please. Yes. Oh, God. So, well, it's I'm okay. Sorry My uncle got a real you know, sweet deal on some Izod That shirts. didn't work out. They were 10 bucks each, normally priced 40. <laughs> so. God, every word, every word out of your mouth. If we did, if yeah. we didn't know you were talking about an outlet mall, every word out of yeah. your mouth yeah. is screaming See outlet these? mall. These are ten right bucks. Now. These are forty dollars shirts. He got like three of them. Uh, That's where I learned my craft <laughs> from. My, uh, my elders. There you go. There you go. Izod's yeah. still going strong in the outlet malls. That's <laughs> that's also that's also important. Oh, good, oh, yeah. good old days. I Remember our a, premium I, outlet mall across and, the street um, there, Matt? <laughs> my roommate, John, were in there the one day, and they had, um, we had to go there to buy, remember the all-white tennis shoes we had to wear from casting? Yeah, had to go I sure do. Things. They don't just sell all-white <laughs> yes. tennis shoes anywhere. <laughs> no. no. So we went over there. It's like, not the easiest find. find. We went in there, and I've got, I remember them, they were horrible. They were all-white Reeboks and the Reebok technology at the time was this air bubble that went from the heel to the front of your toe. Yeah, I remember. I was gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, I remember the thick soles. That I, those, I was standing like I was wearing like therapeutic shoes, 
but I found him there. And I think it was that same trip or shortly thereafter, we uh, we bought matching um, like emerald green Adidas jumpsuits. And they were, of course, 3XL or some stupid size that was way too big for us. But me and John would wear those stupid things like all the time. We'd go to Pleasure Island for... Uh, Thursday night cast nights where they would let us into the <laughs> the bars and nightclubs without a cover. Oh god! And we looked like uh, we looked like uh, dudes from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> and I was so pissed. I brought that thing home and I had it for a while oh, god. when I was finishing college. And then it all of a sudden it disappeared. And uh, I was between moves, and I had brought some stuff home. And I went looking for it later, and my mother threw it away. She's like, that thing's two sizes too big on you. You look like shit. Oh. <laughs> I got to put an end to this. She's like, this. I got to put an end to this. <laughs> exactly. Nobody else I mean, is going to be honest with you. I'm two your mother. Sizes too big. <laughs> I'm ending this. This charade has gone on for far too long. Oh my God! Oh, good oh, Lord! Pleasure Island. Try to hit on the girls man. that worked at Epcot Center. And they would just straight up ignore you and, and speak a foreign language. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, where's you on my bus? We ride the, the bus day? together. They just <laughs> pause and just speak to you in Norwegian because they're done speaking to Americans. <laughs> or just like blatantly put on their headphones right when you're trying to talk to them. <laughs> Yes. Was... Oh God, yes. Oh, oh we man, lived, we we lived a life, buddy. We lived a life. Oh God. Yeah. Hey, you're real good, good, good at good you're times. Really, real good at serving food and ice cold Coca Colas. <laughs> you can you can really yeah, you can exactly. really roll a turkey wrap very well. Mm -hmm. Bagged hot dogs. hot dogs. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, to we, be fair, we to be fair, we were pretty badass at what we did. But we pride in our work. Aside, I mean, let's be honest. We probably, <laughs> were, the, we probably were the best. But <laughs> I mean, I was telling the story the other day oh, about God. how I got uh, reassigned <laughs> to where we ended up working together because I was just assigned to basic quick service food. Yes. And they did the training on what to do. And then they yes. assigned me. They were trying to assign me to these outdoor kiosks, to the carts. Oh, that, that shit. To the I, carts, I right? Yeah, I did not that. want to do yep. that. And this move was not intentional. <laughs> this was absolutely not intentional. But they put me out there. And I did training on the candied nuts cart. And then I did training on <laughs> the cold drinks and uh, like souvenir <laughs> cups cart. And they stuck me like in the sun <laughs> on like my first or second day. And yeah. I was feeling like, like, oh, man, this is awful. Because I'm coming from Ohio and it's. It's September or August. It's in brutal. Central Florida. Were you? Oh, good Lord. Were you, Were you out in? Mm -hmm. Were you out in interventions yep. there? Like no right where the monorail track Nothing. was. There was no shade at all at that cart. No. Now they have roofs that and everything. Hard. On, but you back in the day, that stupid, uh -uh. <laughs> stupid Coca-Cola cart. <laughs> 
I tell I tell people that all the time. Like nowadays, I was like the, the the and and I get it. I mean, we know we did it. Foods is hard work, but I was like, now I mean, these people have like little little huts and carts with roofs on them and fans and and the carts. Remember Wait, the about big? A I don't know because I'm sure you you remember because you did it. Yeah. Yeah, that we had to push out into the Somebody park. Died, now they're Todd. motorized. Somebody they got died. These nice little That's what happened. <laughs> Some college kid died, and they, their parents yes. pushed Epcot Center to finally do this. And and and, and apparently, mm-hmm. apparently, if we would have left you out in the sun, it could oh, yeah, be you. But thank God you got transferred inside the dome. <laughs> I found a destiny. Yeah. Uh, destiny knew I needed a I partner a in crime, and like, you know what? This guy's about to throw up. Let it fly, <laughs> and then they're like, "Yep, we're gonna put him inside." And then I got reassigned oh, to our. <laughs> what? What? What were the stupid things we had to do? Oh, like, yeah, magic remember moments. we had to create like magical that. moments or something? <laughs> that's that's magic. I yeah. know you were, but that was your magic moment. Hey kid, wanna see somebody throw up? You're not gonna get that at Universal. You won't Studios. get that. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get that Disney experience. <laughs> oh god, yeah, you weren't gonna touch magic moments. <clears throat> I think we were probably too. There was oh, probably God, a problem. Yeah. We were probably hey, too you want good some free at, stuff? At stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Quit crying. Here's a box of cookies. Shut the fuck up. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Do you, um, so did you have this when you first, when you were inside the dome and we started, like, I guess the first time, uh, like being on, I don't know how you were, like, overall, like, uh, but for me, when I started on register, it was just, I guess, a new territory, new whatever. So there was just always like a bit of anxiety. And I don't know if you remember, but oh, remember yeah. there used to be the, the show across the way, Anacomical Players, and the show would let out. And then mm-hmm. it was like a herd of people would rush towards us. <laughs> I used to have in the beginning, like the first week and a half. <laughs> oh, no, the music I had started such anxiety again. when those shows would let out. <laughs> Right, I was yeah. like, all I'm doing, like, what I'm mm-hmm. doing is not hard. I'm literally ringing up hot dogs. Um, but just a constant like herd of people, like it was like, because we'd be dead, like we'd be like nothing be going on, and then we wouldn't be. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. wasn't like we were just always busy. It was just like literally herds. Like it would like the floodgates would open, that show would end, and they would just all herd towards us. And for like ten minutes, we'd be busy, and then you know for like thirty minutes, we wouldn't. Oh, yeah. be. But just that initial yeah. like ten minutes was oh, just that first. Oh, no. week it was like oh my god <laughs> Ruth, Ruth I need a break we look at each other and be like alright they're on their last joke <laughs> right. they're on their last joke get ready uh, how many hot dogs we got down Todd hey he's back what's happening I, I was worried that a seagull got you or something <laughs> it's the pelicans you gotta watch out <laughs> it's the for pelicans. It's aggressive. those aggressive pelicans uh <laughs> So, but but as I was as I was saying, buddy, it was uh, it was good times and, and a lot of fun, and and we survived. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, served a lot Came of hot dogs. with a, a real life experience. We did. I'd that say we, that we that we did, and here here we are, all these years later, talking on the podcast about you know uh, fish sandwiches and. Um, Everything I everything I learned, it's worth learning. I learned and, there at the 
at the chili dog stand and at the chili dog the met life wonders of <laughs> wonders of life pavilion yeah it got, times got real tough after met life pulled out <laughs> times got real tough around time, times got real tough around the dome after that <laughs> oh, it's funny because yeah. it's true yeah. <laughs> exactly um well but as always it was a a pleasure having you on and i always appreciate you time. taking some time and, and joining us and uh you come back on soon and uh we'll talk about marshalls and uh hopefully you'll have better better I'll, success than you had at the outlet store i'm i'm sorry papa next time i'll i'll make you proud and <laughs> thank you I'll, I'll find a way to hit up a marshalls <laughs> please please do <laughs> <laughs> Please, please do. Uh, all right, buddy. I'm going to let you get out of here. Todd, it's always great to talk to you. It, it, it's, it's my pleasure. We love having you on here, buddy. All right. Be good. All right. Be good. Prince Philip passed away last week at the age of 99, just short of the century mark um, for the longtime husband of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Buckingham Palace announced Saturday that uh, Philip's funeral will take place at St. George Chapel uh, at Windsor Castle, uh, as I mentioned, on April 17th. But keeping with government lockdown measures, the ceremony will be much reduced in scale with no public access. Uh, The palace said the number of mourners will be limited to 30, which is an interesting number that I'll get to in just a few minutes. Uh, Both the British government and the royal family asked the public to stay home rather than pay respects in person. There will be no public processions or viewing, obviously. Across the pond, they're taking things very seriously with social distancing and the pandemic and they're going to have a small affair. Uh, Philip was the longest serving consort in British history and husband to Queen Elizabeth II for 73 years. Yes, you heard that right. 73 years. Uh, And the royal family said he expressed his wishes for a low-key affair. Um, He died again at the age of 99, just two months shy of the century mark and there will be eight days of national mourning. Uh, here's another big takeaway from this story, because there's definitely a big schism in the royal family currently, and, and this, um, unfortunately, sometimes um, when you have rifts and things of this nature, death can can kind of bring you closer, so maybe that's what's happening here. But uh, Prince Harry will travel from Southern California to attend the funeral. Uh, but his wife, Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, will not, based on medical advice. Uh, basically, a spokesperson for the couple said Meghan is pregnant with their second child uh, due in the summer. She suffered a miscarriage last year, and based off of all of that, um, they just feel it's not a good time for her to travel. Um, and this is where I talk about that number 30 gets interesting, uh, because the funeral list is so tight that Prime Minister Boris Johnson said he would not attend to open a spot for a member of the royal family. Philip and Elizabeth have four children, eight grandchildren, and ten great-grandchildren, plus their spouses. So you're talking about a short list of 30 people and one more time you do the math there are four children eight grandchildren ten great-grandchildren plus their spouses um so the royal family is going to have to go ahead and figure that one out um but i hope i hope everything goes well uh for the royal family um 
there will be eight pallbearers and the Dean of Windsor uh, and the Archbishop of Canterbury who will officiate. Um, and as I said, they will not be counted in that 30. So there's at least that. Um, the, so that won't affect too much. Um, but, um, you know, we just feel bad for Queen Elizabeth. Uh, again, her husband of 73 years just passing away. Um, we hope this brings the family closer. Um, you know, when I think about Prince Harry, I, I do think about, um, I'm glad he's coming. And this is kind of the reason why I wanted to talk about this today. Uh, obviously to honor Prince Philip, but um, I, if you go back and you remember um, Princess Diana's death, um, Prince Philip was there for, for Charles, uh, well, Charles, uh, but for, for Harry and William as well and and prince philip actually walked uh with harry and um william behind their mother's uh, coffin so i you know I, I i he was there for them i think it's only right that harry be there um you know for essentially what was his his grandfather and um you know he will he will be there and uh so i'm, I'm happy to hear that uh, again the, the royal families had a little bit of a, a malfunction at the junction so to speak when it comes to harry and, and megan and uh that was a big story that that broke over the spring but um again with they with uh, prince philip passing away hopefully this time together with the family even though it may be brief um will ha help mend some fences there so best of luck to the royal family with that and godspeed to prince philip and uh just a, a wonderful job done a uh, job of service over there in the uk today's random thought the time to make up your mind about other people is never and that's today's Random Thought. Well, there you have it. That's going to do it for another episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Truly appreciated. What a fun show. Uh, honestly, really fun episode this week. Uh, glad to be back with all of you and glad to have some laughs with Terrence and Maddie Matt. Uh, great, great guests today. Uh, always always add value to the show as i like to say uh couldn't do it without them uh a great a great cast of characters we have here at random thoughts and best regards and i love each and every one of them for who they are um again like i said though that's going to do it another great episode um come back next week we'll do it again until then remember tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes stay positive test negative do what you know is right, regardless of the choices others make. Say I love you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be kind to one another. Don't count the days. Make the days count. And remember to look down the side streets because that's where the best stories are. And when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Thanks for listening to my dad's show.